Hi guys, and welcome back to the Rach Active Podcast. My name is Rach J. I am your host. I'm also a master coach, and I'm so thrilled to welcome our guest to the show today. Now, she was named an award-winning thought leader and intuitive coach by Forbes. She's also the best-selling author of Eat With Intention. She's a mindfulness and personal development speaker. She's also appeared on ABC's The Taste as well as Shape. Eating Well, Huffington Post, Teen Vogue, Fabletics, and many, many more. Welcome to the show, Cassandra Budzak. <laughs> Thank you so much. I feel like it's so bashful when I hear <laughs> someone go through my whole bio. I know it's a lot, but it's worth mentioning. I feel like, you know, you've got to celebrate your body of work because it's, you know, been a long journey and a lot of hard work to, to get you to the place where you are today. So worth noting. I'm so excited that we get to chat and connect with each other because it has been, like we were just saying, it's been a really, really long time since we connected. And I think it was probably about six or eight years ago or something now. It's been quite a while. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think probably six. Six years. Yeah. And I think it was when, so I was running a site uh, at that time called Eat Beautiful. And I think we were both in the early stages of our careers as coaches and um, the focus of our work, I think was a little bit more around food at that time. And so it's been really interesting to watch you grow as a coach and see how your career has absolutely just blossomed into this amazing thing. Um, So, you know, and I haven't even really heard the story of how you came into the health and wellness space. Cause I feel like we all have as coaches, a story, something that's happened to us that brings us to this point. Right. So how did you even get here? How did you even get into the health and wellness space? How did you get here? And then how did you transition? Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like so, you know, I think this spark notes of the story of how I even got into blogging way, way, way back in the day when you had a beautiful, my site was called Go Sweet and Skinny, which now I like cringe at the fact that I Oh, that's that. right. But, you know, I was like 18 when I named it and um, it was a different time. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I had had a lot of like growing up since I was pretty much like five. I remember having really struggled with my body, um, feeling like I was always like I'm I'm five eight, which is not super tall, but it's tall. So like growing up, I was always the tallest, like quote unquote biggest um, girl in every class. And I felt like a giant. (laughs) Um, And so I was always so conscious about what I ate and always so like, like sheepish about, you know, my body. And it really manifested into a lot of like unhealthy patterns and, you know, obsessive thoughts and, you know, negative ways I was taking care of my body. And then when I finally um, was in college and up to um, my own without having, you know, my parents kind of policing me, I really took it to an extreme. And that's kind of when I got really sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like I was I think it was a divine intervention I, to this day where I just started getting these crazy mystery pains and cramps and barely being able to, like my cramps were so bad I could barely walk and almost everything I ate hurt my stomach um, and I couldn't work out and like it was all this crazy stuff and I really think it was kind of like a lightning bolt moment where I was getting all these tests. I thought I had some like crazy illness, you know, one of the tests, the last test they gave me was leukemia because they had given me so many tests 
that they could not figure out what was wrong, but I wasn't getting better. I was getting worse. And, you know, and then after that came out ne- negative, thank God, um, I really just surrendered. Like Western medicine had nothing to offer me. Um, and I had to just start talking to my body. And it was kind of like this, you know, uh, what do you call them? I always call it my eat, pray, love, bathroom floor moment. <laughs> I'm sure dark night of the soul. That's what I'm going to. I had a dark soul. night of the yes. soul. You know, where I really just started crying and talking to my body and saying, you know, I'm sorry. I feel like I deserve this because of what a jerk I've been to you. Um, And I deserve this because I hated you even when you were healthy. Um, I never appreciated that you were healthy. Um, And and I started listening and, you know, I just, you know, I I had the hit to go research different food allergies and go to the library and kind of take things into my own hands. And so I ended up being healing myself or discovering that I was having these severe allergies to things that I was eating, um, that which I probably caused, honestly, from right. some of my disordered behaviors and like taking diet pills and eating like nothing pretty much or like really like nutritionally void crap. Um, and so I rebuilt my body and through that, that's how the original blog was born. And it was never born as a business. Um, it was really just born as a way for me to share my healthy recipes. Um, we actually called it sweet and skinny because it was, you know, back in the time, this is back in like, like, like 2008, (laughs) Right. So it wasn't like nobody knew what being vegan and gluten free was, you know, back in the back in that day. So I just told them that it was like the skinny version of cupcakes or, you know, or brownies. And that was kind of like the, the code. And I would just essentially make all these recipes, but vegan and gluten free. Um, and I would give them to my sorority sisters in college and, you know, cause they were like brownies and cookies and stuff like that. Like for main meals, I had to keep it super basic. I was having like vegetables and brown rice and things like that. Um, but when I still wanted like a treat, that's kind of how it began. And they were all my sorority sisters were like, please start a blog. Like these taste so good. And then I don't have to feel guilty about eating them because I know that you put like all these like crazy healthy ingredients in them, you know? <laughs> Um, so that's how it started. And then it really took a life of its own when I was 25 and I had my, so that was like, I don't know, five years later, uh, or more. And I had a real, like worse (laughs) (laughs) bathroom floor moment. (laughs) Everything good in my life has come from a really awful night Um, or more. That happens with a lot of people. It's like in your most difficult times, through your most challenging times is when you have the biggest breakthroughs and then amazing things happen from there. Right? Yeah. Like if anyone's listening that's going through that right now, know that you are like, like, you're going to tell that story one day and what's on the other side is going to be better than you could even fathom in this moment. You wear it with pride. You'll be like, I went through that and I got through it and now look where I am. Exactly. It's like hindsight is so much better. Um, but yeah, so when I was 25, my little brother got diagnosed with uh, a autoimmune condition that's very rare and uh, terminal. And um, I broke down. I broke down. It was crazy. You know, he was 23 at the time. He's stable now. Uh, he still has it. Obviously, he'll have it. 
his whole life. Um, but it was really scary because it was faced with my little brother's mortality. Um, if he's going to need a liver transplant, he spent the next two years pretty much in and out of hospitals with like a huge team of doctors using him as like a science experiment to try to, you know, extend his life and you know the whole just crazy nightmare, you know, situation. Um, but what that, that did for me while well, that night led me to really, really surrendering to a meditation practice and a spiritual practice. It also kind of shifted my whole mindset on life because I, I really took a look at, you know, what brings me joy, what makes me happy. I had always been, you know, I went, I didn't have, I didn't have the most like rainbows and butterfly childhood. Um, but I, my disposition had always been pretty positive and pretty happy, like, you know, um, pretty upbeat. And so it felt really crazy that in that time, like I couldn't find that person in me anymore. Like I, I just cried all the time. I stayed inside. I watched Netflix. Like I ordered, it wasn't Netflix, whatever. I was watching things on my laptop. I don't even know if Netflix was around then, if we're honest. <laughs> Maybe it was. But it was that kind of vibe, right? Or I really, which is the complete opposite of me, right? Like the complete opposite of just how I, how I naturally am. And I needed to do these little things to just make me happy. So I was like, listen, for the first time in my life, I wasn't trying to be super successful. I wasn't trying to like, you know, I'd always been like an honor student, like getting the A's, like starring in a play, like doing, like I was always doing 7,000 things. I've been like trying to like, you know, and for the first time in my life, I was like, if I can be happy for like 15 minutes today, that would be a win. <laughs> you know? I'm and, doing good if I can manage that. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I, like that was a success. Mm-hmm. And I like didn't give a crap about any of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it completely like all of a sudden I'd be like, well, what's going to be good today? I, if I make myself guacamole, that'll be a win, you know? Um, and, and so that's how I really got back into the blog because all of a sudden, like the blog became this like super low pressure way of creative expression mm. and like having fun. I'd like be like, you know what? I can make some like vegan brownies, you know, I'll make some vegan brownies. I'll take a picture. I'll put it on Instagram. I'll put, write a little blog about, you know, these healthy brownies, you know, if you have to emotionally eat, at least make it healthy, <laughs> you know? like share a little bit about what's going on. And it brought me joy to think that, you know, and I had no followers really or anybody watching me back then, but I would still every once in a while get someone who would, you know, write a comment or email me or send a, a thing and say, you know, I was having, you know, my boyfriend just broke up with me and I was feeling really bummed and your, your post kind of made me laugh and feel like I was less alone and I made the brownies and they were super delicious or whatnot. And it would just make my whole day, you know, it would just make my whole day to be like, okay. Um, And so that's really, you know, obviously there's a lot that happened after that, but that was really when things shifted to a different gear. And even in that space, it wasn't so much like I was, I need to make this my business, but it was just the amount of energy I was putting into it naturally created a business, if that makes sense. So it started breeding the attention that would then get me to the point of being like, oh, this 
is my business. Allowed it to become that, yeah. And I, yeah. And I do recall, you know, at that, because that was probably at the time when we connected was probably when you were re- you know, sort of getting back into blogging around that time. And so that was also when you had, you know, studied to become a health coach. And so that was just something that you had done. And did you just do that for yourself originally to, I guess, understand more about food and and that kind of thing? Or was it, were you thinking, no, I actually do, maybe I want to help some people with coaching or, you know, how, how did that kind of come into it? Yeah, it was kind of funny because I had be I had done so much reading and researching like back in college when I was like in the thick of all my food stuff and doing that that I actually felt very confident in a lot of my knowledge around things because I like that was just the kind of person I am like I just like I just like go deep with one thing and then I you know I like to know everything yeah. and so I actually signed up for IIN because I started getting emails about people asking me to coach them. And I was like, can I coach them? I haven't done it. What does coaching look like? I'm like, I could talk to you on the phone, you know? And so that's when I, you know, I didn't feel comfortable taking an official, like I, this is so, and I know there's probably people listening right now who want to be health coaches that probably want to smack me in the face for this being my reality. But I think this is also just to say a benefit of actually prioritizing like just the doing of the thing before the making of money of the thing, yeah. right? Like I was just all about the doing of the thing and not really thinking about the making money of the thing or putting pressure on that. And then naturally people were like, oh, you know, I love how you talk about this. I'm struggling with something similar right now mm. that you've kind of overcome. Do you think you could help me? And so that's when I signed up for IAN because I was like, you know what? I want to get a framework. I want to see, you know, for me, I wanted to test my knowledge too. Like I was super proud that, you know, maybe this is TMI. Hope IAN doesn't like hate me for this, but I got a hundred on every single exam that we had at IAN, you know, without really doing any studying. Right. And I listened to all the lectures and, you know, I did that or whatnot, but it wasn't, I didn't feel like anything I learned was revelatory from that standpoint. It helped me though, really like feel like, okay, I actually am very knowledgeable around this. It's confirmed by like an institution. And then what also really helped me and gave me more confidence was how they explained you know, how you intake a client and how you like how the process could work. That really helped me because I didn't really know what that looked like either. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, from what you're saying that it more your journey and what you personally went through has informed your approach to coaching and just being able to take those experiences of your own struggles with um, your health and illness and, you know, body image things and whatnot into your work with clients. And so, you know, I've, it's one of those things that's that's really cool because often people in this space get to draw on those experiences. And so what do you, you know, what do you find with people that you do work with? What are the struggles that they are coming up against most around their food and and their body? Are there some common things that you that you encounter? Yeah. So the interesting thing is that since then I've actually transitioned away from working with like a food body focus. Um, a lot of what I work with right now as my like business has grown and my blog and my platform has grown, I'm really become more of a spiritual mentor than a health coach anymore. 
Um, at that time, I was working with a lot of people that were healing disordered eating. Um, and, and I say disordered eating and not eating disorders because there are different like levels of it. So I was walk, working with people that were kind of doing the same kind of stuff that I had done five years ago and helping them learn to love their body. And also, you know, find that balance of how do I, you know, feel healthy and maintain a healthy weight, um, but not go crazy on either end of the spectrum, right? Um, and have a positive attitude. And then I still see, because kind of what, what you said, I think as coaches, when you coach anybody, you or when you hire a coach, you ideally, you want someone that is five, 10 steps ahead of you, five years ahead of you, right? You want someone that has been on a similar journey and knows how to get you from where you are to where they are, right? Wow. Um, and so as my journey evolved after I came out with, so I was on ABC as the taste, I came out with eat with intention. All of those were things that literally, you know, as I was just focusing on the blog, you know, a producer outreached to me from like a super like, you know, ghetto YouTube video I put up that like really wasn't like well-produced. I mean, it was beyond not well-produced, um, <laughs> you know, something you, it's still, I left it on my YouTube. It's still on my YouTube because I'm just so proud of the fact that like I put it up and somehow it ended up starting this whole big thing. Um, so those things I like naturally manifested kind of and drawn toward me. Same thing with my book deal. My publisher actually just emailed me because one of their other authors was a fan of me and said, you guys should try to get a book deal with her. <laughs> and so that all happened. But after Eat With Intention came out, I really, you know, my spiritual life at that point um, had been so much the part of what I gave my success credit for. You know, it had not only in my ways, so, so many ways saved my life from being in such a sad place, um, but it also really helped me learn the energetic principles to manifest like a career I had like no logical business having, yeah. right? I was like, okay, all this is working because during that whole time while my business was growing and all this was happening, you know, I'm reading like Wayne Dyer, you know, The Power of Intention. I'm doing A Course in Miracles. I'm doing Abraham Hicks. I'm reading Louise Hay. I'm doing like um, all of this, this work to learn these principles and to work with the energetics of things so that I really was able to blow up my business in a, a, a non-logical sense of time, right? Um, and it was also, again, even though, you know, it was from the energetic perspective because I wasn't really trying to, I, I wasn't pushing it business-wise really, you know? Um, and so... Anyway, so after you with intention came out and whatnot, I realized that my heart was more so on teaching women these, what I like to call practical magic principles to help them create whatever they want in their life, yeah. right? To help them do something because that was the biggest thing for me, why I did the whole health coaching thing to begin with was because I truly believe part of feeling really satisfied soul level satisfied is doing something that you feel deeply creates an impact, right? I was an actress before I started health coaching, right? And I think acting, I think every job has a capability to create an impact. But for me, I was not feeling like I was making an impact with what I was doing acting wise. And then to switch that 
to change my life, to do something that I felt like I was giving back. I was helping women. I was helping them expedite a process that had been horrible for me, right? Felt so amazing, right? Gave me a whole new lease on life and also created more abundance, more opportunities, more experiences that I could have even dreamed of before then. And so I was like, actually, I want to teach women how to do that, Yeah, right? Like, that's what I want to teach women. So probably since, oh gosh, it's probably been about five years now, I've primarily just helped women with those, you know, essentially clear all of the blocks that they have from creating the vision that they have for their life as a reality. And so we use those same practical magic energetic principles. And I primarily, I work with women like me, right? As it always ends up, you know, we, we kind of laugh about that and, you know, all that thing, like, you know, with diversity and stuff like that. And I believe, yeah, diversity for sure. But when you look at the story, right? When you look at the elements of the story of the journey, that's not really diverse, right? Where it's like women, all walks of life, you know, um, all skin colors from all over the world I work with. However, all of them have similar things in common. So it's actually serendipitous and funny because a lot of them also have this similar journey with eating as well, right? And they've kind of worked through that. And that's something where if the body conversation comes up, I definitely handle that and we talk about that because that's a big part, especially for women. When you want to step into your power, when you want to step into the spotlight, when you want to really, what what I call like become fully embodied in who you came here to be as a soul, one of the biggest blocks we have is our body, right? Because if you're not good with your body, if you're hiding your body, if you feel not, you know, right, with your physical presentation or, or in your, what I call your earth suit, you don't feel good in your earth suit, right? Then how are you going to show up and be a bright light in the world, right? It's a, it's a big, uh, it's a big block. Um, but I also work with a lot of other blocks and, and blocks like, um, having a lack mentality or struggling with money. That was something I definitely went through. I, I didn't have any like financial support growing my business or, or anything after college or whatnot. So I definitely worked like five jobs. I've been on food stamps. I've like, I've done that. And I've, Mm. that's been a big part of the journey of releasing the, the blocks around money. Um, And then all of what I like to call the root wounds is what we work on, which is also when I think about that so much of what we kind of were doing with the food stuff but now we just allow it to be applicable to everything because it's like really looking at that core wound of I'm not good enough or I don't feel like I'm lovable and healing that in a really beautiful, deep way so that you allow yourself to be freed from these negative manifestations of patterns in whatever way, whether it comes in self-sabotaging yourself with food things, or it comes in self-sabotaging yourself at work or self-sabotaging yourself in your romantic life. Um, It goes across all areas, doesn't it really? That's, and that's the thing. It's like the principles that you're teaching in terms of nurturing your inner self and, and finding that practice is it's, you can, like you said, apply it to all the different areas of your life, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm really kind of curious as well that 
because you talked about Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay, and, you know, all of these spiritual teachers. What kind of drew you to find their work? Because, you know, a lot of people perhaps who maybe aren't plugged into a spiritual practice as yet or maybe find it a little bit like woo-woo or something like that, um, you know, may not have heard of these authors before. Um, you know, what was it for you like to enter into into a spiritual practice, but then also with someone or with people who may not have, you know, sort of begun their journey yet into that practice, how would you sort of introduce them to these philosophies or these, um, this way of thinking or approaching life? Yeah. So uh, for me, I always like to say I started meditating using YouTube guided meditations. (laughs) Um, For me, it was really like I got that hit you know, after my bathroom floor moment, I really did cry on the bathroom floor um, when I heard about my brother's diagnosis. And then when I finally went to bed, I really just asked like, God, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't talking to God before that moment, really. Right. Like at these big moments, I think a lot of people can relate to that. It, you know, wherever you are, sometimes you have these moments that you're just like, I'm desperate enough to talk to God right now. And <laughs> that's kind of what that was for me. So I didn't have a deep conversation practice with him, um, but I heard meditate. And so I was like, all right. Um, I had only very casual, like I had done uh, Savasana at the end of yoga class. Um, I had like one movement teacher in college that had us align our chakras, but I had never like really just meditated So I literally just Googled guided meditation (laughs) and I looked on YouTube for one that seemed, you know, you know, relatively easy to dive into. And I, I, it was very simplistic. Right. And I literally just laid in bed for the first time. I just like laid in bed and like played it on the thing. I don't even know if I stayed awake throughout the whole thing. So I like to say that because if you're someone that's listening to this, has never meditated or has no idea. And this is like, that would be cool, but I don't know where to begin. Like begin anywhere and don't like feel like it has to be, you know, after that, I got hooked. So I did one. And what I just started doing, I literally just started trying out different random people on YouTube. So um, I, you know, I'm pretty sure I found Wayne Dyer through that um, or Louise. I ended up finding one of their meditations and then being like, who is this person? Um, and so I tried a bunch of different ones to just find out who I liked because there's such a, even in guided meditations, you know, there's such a range so I tried a bunch. I, I figured out what I liked. I decided, then I was like interested. So I signed up for Buddhist meditation classes. I found this like Buddhist sanctuary in uh, Brooklyn at the time. And I tried out classes there. I did not like Buddhist meditation. Um, wasn't good at it. Um, I think you have to be good at it, but it. <laughs> but I do think when you're beginning meditating, it's really important to find something you could be consistent with. Right. Um, so finding you just try something, different things. Yeah. So I just tried. I tried. Um, I tried different like breathwork kind of meditation. I did. I found a course in miracles. Um, I found different books that had meditation. So anyway, I just pretty much played, you know, I played and I experimented and I think that's, what's really important. If you're starting out, I think YouTube is an incredible asset. There's like app, apps now that I, I don't, you know, that people use that I think is another great like entry drug. 
just get your foot wet and realize that like if you try something and you don't like it, you don't, don't have to throw everything out, right? Just say that one, not for me, not right now. And try something else because there's so many different modalities. You will find something, whether it's just sitting, listening to your favorite song and focusing on your breath. That's fine. That's meditating, you know? It's like using a mantra. I, I loved using a mantra. I would, but I would make up my own mantras, right? That's how like whatever I was. I'd be like, well, a mantra of like, I am okay. That sounds good today. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm okay in my head, right? You yeah. know? Yeah. And I think having that kind of approach to anything really allows you to be divinely guided. Yeah. So then I would randomly, like I would randomly, you know, something would pop up on YouTube you know, about this. Now I'm sure you'd get like an Instagram ad for something if it, you know, (laughs) saw you. Um, I also really loved going to bookstores. I would go to bookstores and I would just sit in the self-help spirituality section. And I would just literally ask like my angels and guides to show me what book. And, or sometimes it would just be like me looking at the, the colors and being like, what pops out of me is like a title or a thing as something that would be good. So that's kind of really just, I just started letting whatever needed to be shown to me be shown to me and um, being in that playful exploration. But I think if you're just starting out, the most important part is to just open up the gates to having a relationship with the divine. So whether you want to call that your soul or the universe or source or God or angels or you just your inner guidance, right? Whatever you want to call that, that you want to develop a relationship with, it's kind of every day, just start by setting the intention of saying, hey, you know, God, universe, you know, guide me, right? Like I'm open. I want to learn. How can I connect with you deeper? Um, And that's just a great place to start. And then finding a meditation practice, even if it's for five minutes, right? That, you know, you can get into a, a groove with. Yeah. I really love that too, is, is being able to define it for yourself because, you know, obviously if you're religious, there's a certain framework that you have or language around that, but spirituality is so much broader than just a religion or organized religion. So to be able to find that, you know, language for yourself and, and connect with what resonates with you, I feel like is, is really important. And, you know, there's this whole concept uh, or philosophy around spiritual practice of that we create our outer experience through our inner work or through the relationship we have with our inner guidance, right? And, and however you want to call that. And so for people who maybe are new to it or also are struggling to, because, you know, when you first come to a spiritual practice, these concepts might be new and, and understanding that you have to believe it first before you see it manifest in your life or see the outer expression of it can be difficult for for some people to plug into or even really truly fully believe, you know. And so what what can people do if they, if they may be struggling with that faith? Because it is more a case of having to walk by faith and not by sight. And you, so often we hear that, that saying of, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. But in terms of spiritual practice and coming from that place, you are asked to, we are being asked to believe it before we see it in our reality. So yeah. 
you know, what, what can, what would you suggest people do if they're kind of struggling with that, that belief, that faith in, and, and also dealing with the doubt and fear that comes with, with that approach? Yeah. And so I think two things, I think a really simple, like playful experiment that they can do is, you know, one, I think on an intellectual level, everyone probably has a memory of something when they woke up, they kind of woke up on the bad note. Maybe they got like a bunch of emails or bad text messages, or they had a fight with their boyfriend or whatever. And then you go out into the day and like everything is worse. Right. And now all of a sudden, like the woman that cuts you off at Starbucks is like an asshole. And how dare <laughs> he? He's trying to ruin your life. Right. And then your boss like makes a comment about how you're, you know, you know, says thanks for your report, but doesn't tell you it was great. And you're like, he doesn't, he doesn't appreciate me, you know, and all of a sudden it like compounds. Right. And then vice versa. Like if you've had a great thing, like let's say you're, person you love tells you they love you for the first time that morning, right? Or you wake up to like a really beautiful text message from someone you love or an email that you've been waiting for or something with good news, right? And all of a sudden, someone could literally trip and spill their entire latte on you at Starbucks. And you wouldn't say you'd be like, oh my God, don't worry. Don't even stress about it. It's not a big deal. You know, I do it all. I've done it too, you know, right? Like, you know, and and it changes the whole trajectory. So, you know, the idea of we create our reality is really that, right? It's, It's as simple as that, is saying, the, I like to call it in uh, with my, I like to call it what glasses we put on. Yeah. I say we always have glasses we can put on. We can put our love, possibility, abundance, like life is working for me glasses on, or we can put our like fear, worry, stress, life is against me glasses on. And whichever glasses we put on will completely change our day. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you, you know, and if you want to play with that in your life to really, to prove that, then try it for a day. Right. Like ask yourself, what if I set the intention when I wake up tomorrow that I know that I'm going to have a wonderful day. Everything that happens for me is for a really good reason, right? And everything that goes on today is ultimately helping me get to where I really want to go, right? And then live your day, right? And then the next day you could be like, whatever, you, don't even try to do the negative day because that's just awful. We don't need that to happen. Put it's, yourself you know, through that. Torture. Is bad enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, but, but you'll see how literally just having that. And that's what it means by you create your reality on a basic level is because your reality is being perceived through your mind and your eyes and your system. Right. And so reality could be, very different depend on depending on what your filter is for it right and so one of the most powerful things I heard during that early part of my journey was actually this super random like preacher on YouTube that was talking about uh, you know some motivational thing or whatever but he said he was like what if you lived your life like everything that happened was getting to getting you to where you most desired to go and I wrote it on a post-it and I like put it on my wall because I was like, oh God, I hope so. And, you know, and, and I think that's a good spin on that now to, so I think that's the basic to, to think about that concept of that's how you're in control of your reality on a very like base level every single day. Now I take that up a notch to you being able to believe something before you see it manifest in your life, right? 
And it's like thinking about, I'm trying to, have you, <laughs> if you've ever had anyone in your life that really just, let's say, had like a, a fundamental belief that like good things don't happen to them, or maybe they're like not worthy of certain good things, so much that like as an outsider, you could visibly see them deflecting good things, right? Where you have, I don't know, maybe that like one girlfriend or whatever that no matter what, like won't ever let you pay for her latte, right? Or, you know, like you're like, hey, I got this free ticket to so-and-so, you want to come? And she's like, no, I have to pay you, right? Or I really want to come, but I have to like clean my sock drawer tonight. And she really thinks she has to clean her sock drawer, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, it's instances like that where we, we can block ourselves, right? We block ourselves from the blessing. And I think that the visualization helps you like just even getting into that habit of being able to see it. Like, can you imagine yourself having that amazing partner? Can you imagine yourself having that dream amount of money in your bank account or having that career milestone that you want or having the house you want to live in or going on that vacation. If you can imagine it and feel that, then you're actually open to receiving that, right? Then you're open to receiving that because on an unconscious level, you've just registered that, oh, we're on equal footing, right? And the thing is, we all have things in our life right now that are in our life because of that, right? The apartment that you live in or the house that you live in, right? You firmly believe that you can have that. That's why you have it, right? Right? The, you know, the kind of partner you have, good, bad, indifferent, whatever, you firmly believe you can have it, right? Or else you would have a different one, right? Um, What we're making, Right. I think what what people what gives people so much resistance to this is because it kind of forces you to take radical responsibility for your energy. Right. Yeah. Because and we all come in and to a certain degree, it's it's not our fault in where we start off because we come in through how our parents were and, and how we grew up. And so that kind of gives us a set point. Right. So that's why, you know, you hear those things like the rich get richer and the poor get poor or poor stay poor or whatever, right? Well, it's not because the rich are bad or the poor are stupid. It's just because that was the energetic set point, right? That's what they knew. That was what's comfortable, right? It's like different, whereas like if you were raised by two entrepreneurs versus you were raised by two people that worked regular jobs or were in healthcare, whatever, that's that's normal, right? You know what that is, right? And so therefore we create more of that in our life unless we, good, bad, or indifferent, whatever it is, right? Nothing's inherently bad really, but it's it's really taking that conscious wheel back to me is the that process of manifestation and visualization of saying, hey, I'm not comfortable. My parents weren't millionaires, right? So, you know, I don't have, I couldn't see what that life looked like. What would that look like? How would that change? How would that feel, right? So if I didn't have that experience, if I want to attract that into my life, if that's where I hope to go, then I need to get myself to be able to see that as a possibility, right? And so I think that's why, you know, that process, you know, the the faith part of it, 
Um, and as far as like breaking it down to that, like you asked about, it is a lot of faith. And I like to break it down to even, again, like really like small practical little things. So think about something, you know, an experiment to do with that would be thinking about what's something that's like not super crazy, but also something that you haven't really believed you could have yet, right? So maybe... I'm trying to think of. Well, Louise Hay talks a lot about these little things like the parking spots and the yes. that kind of thing, right? So just start with a little thing like that, like I have a parking spot or believe that you can get a good parking spot or whatever, whatever it is. But those tiny little things that you might encounter every day that you can yeah, Exactly. It's like if, you, if you've never had anyone pay for your lunch, you know, like a stranger pay for your lunch um, or you've never had someone like, you know, have someone, the coffee guy is like, this one's on me this morning, you know, yeah. something like that, that you're like, it's never happened before. So you don't have that like reference of like, oh, well, the coffee guy gives me a free one every third day or whatever. Right. Then use that and play with that. I mean, like, okay, I'm just going to visualize myself, you know, getting <laughs> coffee and it's a low barrier to entry right? Because it's not super like crazy. It's not like the coffee guy is going to like give you a, you know, a, a, I don't know, fancy car or something, right? I can't even think of a fancy car brand. <laughs> I'm not a car person, but you know, like something like that. It's not super outrageous. It's, it's, it's possible that a coffee guy could give you a free coffee and croissant or something, um, but you've never experienced it before. And I also like things like that because if you do, and I recommend, there's actually this book by Pam Grout called E Squared and she has E Squared and E Cubed. And these are really fun books. If you're looking to like, she gives a bunch of like, you know, weird little tests like this about random things that you can kind of just practice on how this, this works. Mm -hmm. And I think it's fun. Like you said, you don't even have to buy the book. You do like what we said, start out with a parking spot. You could manifest, you know, uh, a friend that doesn't normally call you first, calling you, right? Uh, something like that. Someone like you could manifest like a book, right? Being like, I really want this book. I'm just going to see. Is that book, you know? And then who knows? Your like therapist gives you that book and you're, you know, and it's fun and it's important, I think, to have those little wins because when you start seeing it working, it's kind of like anything. I've seen this concept work to insane degrees in my life. So it's easier for me to have faith now. Um, but when you're just starting out, it's so important to like build those muscles, have fun with it, you know? Yeah. It's like enjoy all the like little random fun things that can happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. I feel like manifesting and, and you know, kind of talking about, because, um, you know, when you think about it, um, it's it's so incredible that you can literally when you understand the concept of that you have the power within you to literally create the life that you desire, it's a, such a empowered state to be in. And it being in that state effectively then just removes all the fear. So any kind of fear that you might have, it removes lack mentality, you know, puts you in a state of abundance and gratitude. And so, you know, being in that state, like you said, when you wake up and you, if you've had something amazing happen to you, that's how you go about living your day and you start to notice these things in your life that just play then into that good state, that feeling and, and you know, it just, it, it just builds momentum really essentially is what happens, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, it's like the 
subtext in like a movie script, right? It's like you could have the same conversation between like Bill and Jane, but if like the subtext in one thing is like Jane just got laid off this morning, right? And the subtext in the other thing is that Jane just got like the best promotion of her life, right? Two different scenes. Hundred percent, hundred percent. That's a great. That's a really great analogy, actually, um, a metaphor for that. And so, you know, talking about this relationship to your inner self, you know, there is obviously the relationship with what you can call God, your soul, um, or your intuition is another thing that I like to talk about as well, because this is um, a place where you know you find that kind of inner wisdom that that can guide you, especially when you're making big decisions or important decisions in your life. And, you know, I've always found that whenever I've trusted my intuition, even if it doesn't make any sense logically, especially when it doesn't yeah, make sense, especially, 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 especially. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no freaking sense whatsoever. And you're like, really, you want me to do that? Okay. I'll just go ahead. You know, you have that faith to go and do it. But, you know, um, and that often is, it always guides me in the right direction, even if outwardly it doesn't look that way initially or logically. So I'm interested to know what your relationship with your intuition has been like and has there been a moment where you didn't listen to it? And what was that like? Ooh, um, um, you know, yes. (laughs) So, my my relationship with my intuition, I would say, is is probably incredibly strong overall. Um, I and I agree with what you said. I usually know that it's the most important to listen when it makes no freaking sense, right? When everyone else is like, "You are insane," then I'm like, "I must," right? <laughs> right. So I think I think that's um, that's the. Uh, that's the crux. And again, it's similar, it's simpler to the manifesting thing, right? I like to tell my clients as we work a lot on this too, because I think when you get in touch with your intuition, your whole life gets better, right? Like things get easier. You're like, oh my God, it doesn't have to be so hard. Like, and also you just feel similar to with the manifesting, you just start feeling like you're like, oh my God, life is actually really magical. Like this is pretty cool. Right. And it, which also makes you everything else better. Right. Um, so when you, you know, for, for my clients too, I ask them to start tuning into their intuition on small stuff first, right? Cause sometimes when you're just starting out, it's like hard to make those big decisions and like, feel like you can take the leap with your intuition. But for anyone that's listening, it's like, I don't know what my intuition is. What is my intuition? Um, your intuition is something that you can start cultivating more with meditation, I like to call it the really like quiet, soft, peaceful voice inside of us. That's kind of like whispering, like do that, <laughs> right? And our fear or our ego or the the kind of constructs of the world are usually the more loud, logical, pragmatic things. You know, it's the things that are saying, but what will people think? Or this makes the most sense. Or, well, you should be doing this, right? And that's not your intuition. <laughs> your intuition most sen- most times is completely illogical, right? And even if it's something small, right? Even if it's something small, like you're going to like maybe there's two coffee shops in your town, right? That you usually go back and forth between and you're planning on going to coffee shop A that morning and you're halfway through the drive and you just get the little hit that something says, hmm, 
maybe you should go to coffee shop B, right? Something that, you know, your ego or your, your logical mind might be like, you're already on the drive to coffee shop A, like, it's fine. You'll go to coffee shop B tomorrow, right? Easily brush that off, right? When you're really refining and listening to your intuition and kind of playing the game of it, so to speak, and I do encourage thinking of it as like a fun little game, right? When you're listening, you're like, okay, doesn't make any sense because why would it really matter? But I'm going to go to coffee shop B. And then what do you know? You run into like a super cute guy at coffee shop B, or maybe you end up seeing your boss and, and he tells you something important. Or maybe you find out, you know, just that, you know, coffee shop A actually was closed that day and you didn't even realize it or something, right? It it doesn't always have to be like super extraordinary, (laughs) but it is always there with every little decision trying to optimize your choices. And so when we start tapping into it, it's like life just kind of starts flowing and the more we listen to it or it's like one of my favorite things is when you get like the little intuitive hit of like call Sally right and you're just like really I got like seven things I need to do for work right now like I don't I have like only 20 minutes left on my line you know you have all of your excuses why you shouldn't do it but you're like I'm just gonna call you call Sally and Sally's like oh my god I was just thinking about you you know x y and z just happened right and she gets to talk to you about that or she has some sort of message for you or whatever. Life is so magical when you listen, right? It's so magical when you listen. Um, so I think just tuning into that. And then I would say, you know, li- like my biggest listenings <laughs> were when I moved to California from LA, another big listening was when I pivoted my business. Um, being willing to do it. And I will say one of the, that was also one of my biggest unlistenings too. Um, before I listened, I didn't listen. <laughs> and, and so I remember, you know, my book E with Intention had come out a few months ago at this time. And so I'm doing all this press and podcasts and all the things for the book and, you know, whatnot. And my intuition just kept on saying like, I had already kind of been desiring birthing this more spiritual program. I'd already been like, you know, doing workshops and things like that. But my intuition kept saying, you know, don't launch the course for the book. Like don't launch the food course. Just launch this course you've been thinking about launching, about all this like practical magic, spiritual stuff. Like just do that, right? But I was like, no, it doesn't make any sense. I just came out with a book. I just did all this PR. Like the whole world expects me to launch this food course, right? And so I forced myself to do it. And I was like, I'm going to do it. It's not like I can't do it, right? I just did the whole book. So I broke down the book. I made it a course, you know, whatever. And I launched it and it completely bombed, completely bombed. Not only was I feeling a little like my wrists were twist doing it, but I'm sure that didn't help, <laughs> but it just totally tanked. And it made no logical sense that it would tank because to everybody else's knowledge, that's what people were following more. That's why the book was a bestseller, right? And so I was like, okay, that was like a, a you know, a, a cold water glass to the face. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, F it. I've already experienced what failure feels like around this. I might as well 
launch this other spiritual course that I had been getting the hit to launch anyway. I launched that and I, I charged more than I had ever charged for anything in my life. And I sold it out in a week. Wow. Right. That's amazing. And, and I never looked back and, you know, continued my, that journey, but it was, that was just such a huge, and it's funny because I, I haven't even like really thought about that for a while, but it was so true that it was like, it was so obvious to me, you know, and that's the thing. A lot of times our intuition can also speak as not always, but sometimes can feel like just what we naturally want to do. Right. But something we naturally want to do might not make any sense. Right. Like it didn't make sense. Like you're on a press tour for a book about this. Right. Like everybody in my life was like, you're nuts for trying to launch anything but this one. Right. And so I think those are, you know, but I think hopefully that's a good example too, because, you know, when you don't listen and things go up in flames or, or, or you get, you know, you go to coffee shop A and then you find out it's closed, right? And then you have to go to coffee shop B. I think those actually reinforce things too, yeah. right? So it doesn't matter either way, because even if you don't listen to it, you're still going to get the same message really actually at the end of the day, you know, which is, and that, and that story is just incredible because true from a business perspective, from a marketing perspective, of course, you're going to go, well, I've just built everything to this point. It was intentions doing well. Of course, it makes sense, logical sense to launch the course straight after the book launch. It makes complete sense logically. But I'm, I'm just so glad that you have transitioned into this space because, you know, listening to your work and, and, kind of exploring your work more in the spiritual realm, I feel like is so, I get so much value from, from, from listening to what you do now. And, you know, I actually just did, um, so Cass has a lot of um, online workshops that she does and puts out on YouTube. So one of the ones that I recently listened to was one of your full moon workshops and meditations. Now, just for you guys listening, I, I'm not, someone who really resonates particularly with astrology or, or that kind of stuff. But I do appreciate the f- philosophy behind many different spiritual practices and they come in all different forms. And what I found from, from going through that and listening to your teachings and going through the meditation, so much stuff came up for me. And <laughs> Which, which is insane, right? And, you know, because I'm not, I'm not plugged into full moon stuff. I mean, I know what my star sign is, but I'm not, I'm not really in, I don't know my birth chart. I don't know all this kind of stuff. And, you know, so regardless of the language or the framework, there is still value, even if it seems like I don't really get it. I feel like to encourage you guys to be open to, to just, yeah, like you said, playing, because there's something to be found in, in, all these different practices. And so, you know, I had so many insights come up from this, um, from this workshop. So I thank you for that. And um, I'm, you know, this, this kind of inner work just really, really excites me, but you actually have um, a planning to launch another course soon as well. Right. So tell us a little bit about that. (laughs) I love it. And just, I love what you said about astrology and it makes me so happy that even though you're someone that doesn't super resonate with astrology. You did the course um, or the workshop, so to speak. And you still, because the way I, I kind of use astrology in, I don't consider myself an astrologer. It's like, I kind of use astrology to kind of 
take the temperature of like what the theme of what's going on for us is, right? And so I think oftentimes, you know, I always say too, like you could do any one of my moon workshops literally anytime. You don't have to do it on the full moon or the new moon or whatever, because it's really, each of them have their own little topic, right? And their own little energetic download of what's going on that kind of just activates something inside of you. Um, so I love that. And I, I do, I see all these things, the same thing. It's like they're all portals for the same growth, right? They're all different ways to access what ultimately is us, you know, coming into who we fully are. And so my new course that I'm launching, which I'm super excited about is called Divinely Design Your Life. And it's a kind of like my practical magic training, but like on crack um, and for <laughs> right? Because I really, I've been doing this practical magic training for years now, like women say it changes their life. And it really is, it's helped to meld the spiritual with the strategic, because I really believe that that is the formula for creating an incredible life is both, you know, being in heaven, being in heaven, quote unquote, and being on earth, so to speak, right? Where you're connected to the divine, you're connected to your intuition, you're doing all this energy work, you're visualizing, you're doing all the quote unquote magic, right? But you're also doing the practical, right? You're sending the emails when you get the intuitive hit to send the emails. You're honoring the fact that you have this dream to write a book. So you're going to allocate some time every day to write a book, right? It's not just living in fantasy town. It's also about really integrating that in your life. And I think the one-two punch is what really makes your dreams your reality. And so taking that concept from Practical Magic, but really, you know, I feel like right now in 2020, we're entering a whole new paradigm. Like things are crumbling down. The world as we know it is gone. And the, our lives as how we knew it are gone. The way our mindset is in so many ways, 2020 is like a giant dark night of the soul for a lot of us, right? Um, yeah. And it's really having people for the first time really ask themselves, you know, the life that maybe they thought was comfortable or was, you know, whatnot has been kind of disrupted, right? And so it's now we've had this moment of pause and confusion and chaos and all this stuff to really reevaluate our lives and really say, am I, am I living the life that I dream of, right? And even the element of like, if everything, there's this element of surrender in 2020, right? Where it's like, you don't know what could happen, right? Not, not to be like, you know, dark or anything like that, but almost living a little bit more in the moment because you don't know what tomorrow will bring, right? Which I think can be a really powerful, powerful maneuver. Um, and so this course really comes in to say, okay, we're in this, this auspicious time right now like systems are crumbling, systems in our lives are crumbling while they're crumbling outside of us. Let's get really clear about what is our, what is our deep soul desire to create during this life? You know, what do we want to, what do we want our life to look like and feel like and, and be like, and can we own that desire and then go through the process of really consciously you know, not only getting clear on that and getting clear on what that looks like and what the logistics of that look like, but then also really looking at what are all these fears and what are all these blocks? What are all of the different ways that I have put between me 
and that life that I want and literally going in and shipping out those blocks and releasing those, looking at the core wounds. Like this program is going to be the the most like my one-on-one intensive like VIP coaching than anything I've put out there in group format because I really believe it's so necessary right now. Like this is work that's kind of like it's going to happen to you or you can make it happen for you, yeah. right? So it's like you can consciously go in there and be like, let me look at this stuff, right? And then it's also as we cr- kind of crumble and take away and release these deep you know, beliefs that are blocking the things that we want to happen, then it's rebuilding it all, right? Then it is, you know, one of the things, one of the modules is kind of what we talked about earlier is like defining your own higher power. Mm-hmm. Really having that moment where you come clean about, or, or, you know, have that, I was going to say come to Jesus, but that's kind of ironic, (laughs) but, you know, having that moment where you look at, this is what I was raised, right? This is what I was raised to believe. This is what the religion I grew up in or didn't grow up in or whatever. And this is me right now. This is what I want to connect to. This is what I want to believe. This is what feels good to believe. This is what I want to call my higher power. This is what I believe the energy of my higher power is, right? And actually having that moment to create it so then we can take it to that next level of really, you know, it's also going to be about learning how do you communicate with it every day? How do you listen to it? How do you receive that divine guidance? Different things like actually listening, but also channel journaling and looking for signs and and how do you kind of really manifest your life and then also working on like thoughts and, you know, clearing out your thoughts and making your thoughts aligned with what you want to create and, you know, quantum manifesting, so to speak, um, and all those practices. So it's going to be a really fun three month journey of really like doing some really deep work. But at the other end, um, as we move into 2021, you're going to be literally, you're just going to look at your life and be like, oh my God, (laughs) right. It's going to be so so much closer to that life you dream of and you're going to feel like you're either there or you're you're very close and on your way there um, through all of these tools. And my hope with it is also that it gives people, you know, with all of the work I do, I like to think of it as like a toolbox, right? I want to give people toolboxes so that these aren't just things like I have clients that worked with me five years ago that are still going through the processes, right? When something new comes up and they have a new challenge or a new height that they want to reach or a new thing that they want to manifest. It's like, okay, well now I have a process and I have a toolbox and I know how to get to where I want to go. So that's what divinely designed your life is very long winded. Um, (laughs) I'm so excited. It sounds so amazing. And I think, you know, you're right. It's, it's so needed for this period of time. And 2020, I feel like is very much a, a year of cleansing and reflection and rebuilding, you know, you go through that whole process. And like you said, these kind of things that you're teaching people with your work are things that you take with you throughout your life because life is cyclical. It's not going to just stay stagnant. You know, once you get to a point, you'll go through another stage of life. Things will happen. You'll have another dark night of the soul moment. You'll have those moments again where, and sometimes too, you go through life and forget the things that you know. And it's almost like these those moments come back to go, um, you know, just in case you forgot, you got to come back and, 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 you know, kind of implement these things that you, you know, to be true for you. So I am, I'm so appreciative of, of what you bring to the world because I feel that you're such a gift and all your work is just so amazing. And it's been so incredible to see your journey as a coach and, 
um, and just how amazing it is going all for you as well. So thank you so much for joining me on the episode today. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. It was a delight talking to you and telling you all about these, the whole crazy things. And, um, you know, for all of your people, if they want, I'll, I'll send you a link as well. I'm going to do like a free workshop that's kind of talking about the quantum shifting of 2020. And for anyone that's never done anything with me before and you, you know, what it's curious to put your toe in to the water, you can check out that workshop because it'll be talking about kind of the what you were talking about, kind of the releasing and rebuilding and all this energy of 2020 and how you can really utilize it instead of being, you know, victimized by it, unfortunately. Yeah, amazing. So what I'll do, guys, is pop that link in the show notes as well. So you can follow Cass on IG at Cassandra Bodzak and also at her website, CassandraBodzak.com. Also check out her YouTube because she has a lot of awesome videos their uh, moon um, workshops and meditations. And like I said, you know, I'm not really plugged into astrology or really like even with cards and stuff like that, I kind of like, you know, sort of play around with it. But you will get so much out of just simply, you know, just doing a, a workshop. Just give it a go and, and see how you go and, and see what awesome insights come up for you. So um, thank you again for being on the show, Cassandra. It's been so lovely to connect with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure you screenshot this and share it to your IG stories. Tag Cassandra Bodzak, tag at Rage Active, and I'll catch you next time on the Rage Active podcast.